Bougie Ginoa. This is Charles Smith. I'm Ojibwe from the Fond du Lac Reservation, and you're listening to the Middle of the Res Road podcast. Bougie Anishinaabe Doug. This is Joel Boje. I'm an Ojibwe from the Boys Fort Band of Chippewa Indians. This is in collaboration with the Minnesota Tribal Contractors Council, a.k.a. MNTCC, the show that is designed to be the source of information about industry job opportunities, success stories, trainings, and upcoming projects for Native Americans. We also share about our culture and language because it is the foundation of our identities. Oh. Buju Ginoa, that is Ojibwe for hello you all, and this is episode four, middle of the res road, return of the reservation dogs. Oh, Buju Anishinaabe dog, that is Ojibwe for hello native people. And in this episode, we're going to do a recap of some of the things that we're doing within the community, some of the opportunities that are out there. And we're going to touch base on language and culture and some of the things that we're noticing within the Ojibwe communities. Yes, there's a, a lot, um, a high need for um, a lot of different things in the community um, along the lines of service work and service structure and um, different things, just different ways you can help um, a lot of the Native people, whether it's Native or just human beings in general. Um, there's a lot of opportunities out here, and um, we just kind of want to explore some of those opportunities today. So when we, when we mention service work, and when I start thinking about service work, uh, the reason why I do it, the reason why I try to get into it is that being somebody in recovery, being somebody that tries to be a, um, a helping community member, it gets me out of my own head. That's what it provides for me the most. One of the things that it does for me personally, it, it, even though you're giving, putting out there, you're getting something in back. And so the reason why, the main reason why I do that is it gets me out of my own head. I'm focusing on other people. I'm focusing on other things that we're doing. And it just makes me feel good. And it's something that we we do as Ojibwe people, no matter what. So even if somebody, and it makes me think about the story that I heard from a elder over in East Lake. And he was telling me, he was asking a question. He said, well, if somebody doesn't want to help you prepare for a racing season and tells, you no, you're still going to prepare for a racing season. You're still going to get your canoe ready. You're still going to get your knockers. You're still going to get the rice pole. And then you ask the, the same group of people, if you can, if they can help you get to the lakes for, you know, travel out to the lakes, help you get, go out there and rice. And they say no again. And so do you, do you do what you have to do? You go racing. And then when you get done ricing and you have to finish all that rice and you ask the same group of people again, hey, well, can you help me finish this rice? And they say no again. And then you finish all that rice and you have, you're prepared for winter, you're surviving, you're thriving, you did everything that you needed to do in the fall to survive the winter. And then these same people come up to you and he asks, he asked us this question when he was telling us this story just in Ojibwe. He asked us this question. 
he said the same people came back and asked that person, can you give us some rice? We're starving. He said, what would you do? And I was like, man, they said no. Every time this this guy, this person had asked you, asked for help, asked them for help, asked to teach them, and they said no every time. And what I wanted to say, you know, I was only like 22 at the time. What I wanted to say was, hell no. You didn't Why? help me. Yeah, you but, didn't but help yeah, me. That's, that, that's just how it is. But, but, but it's like... um. That part of service work, yep. like doing the right thing like yep. and, and really being a helper. It's like sometimes you got to overlook the um, discouragement. And uh, that's what I, he exactly said. He said, that's what we do as Anishinaabe people. Even when they come back and they ask for rice, your final product, you give it to them. Because yep. that's what we do as Anishinaabe people, and that's service work. That is service work, and, and just having to put all that work in. And, you know, like where I'm at with service work, I really like what you expressed about how it makes yourself feel good. Well, it's like in, in that same sense, you, you can only imagine what it's doing for the people that were out there helping and the people that were out there, were, and it's growth. We're growing with all those people. We're, we're showing them how to grow while they're showing us how to grow and coming from a community of um, a very good recovery community, I should say that everybody's very supportive. Everybody is um, very connected. And um, I, I know like a lot of people look to Charlie here as, a, as like a, a beacon of hope that um, that it can be done, that life can be lived and that you have every reason to smile every reason to enjoy life and, and just take life as it comes. And, um, I, I know I got a few years on Charlie and, and, but I still go to him for advice and guidance. And, and that's one of the, you know, that's one of your gifts as a indigenous person is you, you carry a lot of knowledge that, um, a lot of people don't know about. And, and that's what I admire most. And that's what I want to put myself around is, is good people that, um, are aware of how to be Ojibwe and, and and that's why it's like um when you when you talk I listen and you know I process it and I and then I get to go out and explore and I get to share those teachings you know and, and that's what we do as Ojibwe people is we share we share everything just like the story you just told and that's that's the beauty of being Ojibwe and and living by a standard of um what we went through to get to where we're at today and, and that's that's the most beautiful thing about being an Ojibwe person is is being able to learn yeah con um continuation of education and you know it happens it happens throughout our life like people the what I'm learning what I'm embracing and um the opportunities to continue to learn whatever it is because if you Put yourself in a in a good situation where you're getting opportunities. Um, what I'm doing is I'm I'm starting to take more and more opportunities just to try different things, see if I fit here, see if I fit there, or see if I can help out here. And maybe it's just attending different things, di attending different meetings, uh, community events. It's just to become a better community member in the end. 
that's what it is. It, it's that's what it is, and we're trying to we're trying to help um, motivate the community is what we're trying to do, and and that's what I do on the regular. It's like every day I could say that I'm at work because I'm always continually trying to come up with new ideas. What's going to be helpful? What's not? What's going to um, help our community thrive? Like um, <clears throat> I was in a meeting yesterday with uh, with um, the sobriety feast committee basically and um they expressed you know like how happy they were about like the work that we've been putting into that and and um we have opportunities for um for growth and to put some events on and to do some things with the community and um you know and i'm always open to ideas new ideas are um new thoughts new new events even it's like i'm always optimistic about that um moving forward and and how we can help the community and how we can um help individuals like um i know like with the service structure it's like i feel good (laughs) i feel good about um out there being out there helping people and in in building myself up at the same time is is helping the community grow and um you know like i i in this the podcast for instance it's like that's what i got into this podcast for is to um share knowledge to pass on the knowledge to pass on the opportunities to play um play a role in being the voice for the ones that don't want to step up and be in and use their own voices it's like uh and to know that you know me me and charlie here came from a a lifestyle that really doesn't get you anywhere but but today it's like you know like we're 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 that uh we're that voice and and that that makes me happy and makes me happy to know that right here right now is where life is at and and i get to um use my voice today and i get to ask questions and i get to be aware and i get to do all these different things and 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 it pays it it does it 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 pays in value you know like self-value self-worth self-love because that's um that's what i want to put myself around is uh is being a helper and I know I've shared this with you before, but I know you understand this because, um, you know, we both lost a brother. And so when I, when I lost my brother, you know, some of that healing process, some of that grieving, learning how to let go and continue living my best life. Uh, when I, whenever I'm experiencing anything, if it's good, bad, ugly, um, everything in between being in love heartbreak having kids uh your kids yelling at you for the first time as they're growing up and or you know anybody treating you bad or treating you really well all of that all those experiences that I've had all those opportunities that I've taken any of those jobs any of those times I've helped people I try to experience that twice once for me and once for my brother, and that's how I um, kind of honor him, kind of respect him. Always know that he's there with me, or and um, you know, letting him go, but 
keeping him alive at the same time for for my own sanity, I guess. Or, um, but really, that doing that, you know, that's gratitude. That in in my mind, that's gratitude. Practicing that every day, experiencing the good, bad, ugly, and being grateful for it because I know he would love to be here. He would be he would be right here with me. He would be chilling in the studio with us. He would be visiting his grandkids, his kids. And I have to remember him every time I have a great opportunity or every time I get to share my voice or just listen or learn. So I like that. That's, um, that's what recovery really taught me. That's what recovery really taught me is like about forgiveness and, um, what to hang on to and what to let go of. And, uh, when I, you know, I lost my brother, um, in March of 2022. And, you know, it was like one of those things where if you saw me, you saw my brother, that's just how it was the, you know, my entire life. And, um, you know, like I miss him every day. I really do. But it, but it's like the best way to honor him is to honor the belief that he had in me, you know, and that's how I do it every day. It's like, um, I walk as if he's right here with me still. Just like my, my dad, I walk as if he's shining down on me every day. And when I can honor him like that and, and continue to live this good life, um, <clears throat> life gets better, you know, and I could feel them, you know, like approving of the life I'm living and feeling proud outside of myself. Like I could feel their proudness coming down on me and and that made me feel good you know like and that's you know like that's how I've been getting through it every you know and, and surrounding myself with good people and and good situations every day and like you said just um being able to experience that twice that's a that's a like that means a lot to me like I, I you know and that's something I really want to practice you know if we're gonna Think about gratitude and, uh, you know, that's like a core. One of the things that we talk about in Ojibwe all the time is to get, get Kane Nindizo in and get Kane Nindizo in. And, it, you know, this could go down to Debain Nindizo in. Get Kane Nindizo in in Ojibwe is knowing oneself, self-identity. You know, so having that self-identity, having those things that make up who you are, you know, asking yourself that question, especially in Ojibwe, who am I? And then figuring out from there, uh, my brother is no longer here. We're going to experience life twice for him, and that's just part of who I am. So making that part of who I am, you know, that has helped me practice gratitude on a, every single day. But get Kane into the wind, you know, people, you see that in, in, Ojibwe communities, and I'm going to just speak for Ojibwe communities, probably all Native communities, this kind of like rebirth around the idea of Kikainindism and self-identity or identity of who we are as a people, identity as as, as an individual. You can kind of see that all over um, Ojibwe country, and it's been awesome to be a part of the, you know, help foster that, and... Having a conference conversation yesterday with a good 
solid group of people at work. You know, we're at the forefront of this. We get to help steer this conversation, help people grow and help people learn about who they are as, as individuals and help our community grow then as a, as a collective. But we're, you know, at the rebirth there at the, at this rebirth time, we don't even know what there it's going to be like 50 years ago, because if we go back 50 years ago, this was brought up yesterday. And I thinking about this, if we go back 50 years ago and on Fond du Lac, we're right in the 1970s. And there's tar paper shacks. People didn't have run, um, good water. They had a whole bunch of issues. They didn't have a clinic. They had a Indian hospital. I don't know when that was out of commission or not. Um, people were talking about yesterday going to the the trailers when the clinic first started. So you take a look at that growth. Like in 50 years, you know, having this idea of language and culture and having it be the some of the most important parts of who we are as Ojibwe people, I don't even know where we're going to be. Yeah, that's um, that's a tough one. That like like the just the the way the way everything worked from fifty years ago to now is um so advanced, and to even think about fifty years from today to to the future it, it is that's uh sometimes I think that's too big. Like just too big for the mind to handle. Like where where we're gonna be at with all the advancements, all the different things. And um, one thing I really really hope for is that the culture stays here. I thought mm-hmm. you were gonna say res dogs. We're gonna well, still be here. Oh yeah, yeah. We probably will. You know, me me and Charlie, and you know our cast be walking in. You know, or walkering in, <laughs> walkering in or something, and um. You know, like I, I really would think, like to think that um, there's something good for everyone. That, like, like that's when I put that thought in my head, like that gratitude. You know, when I when I really think about the gratitude of uh, every day, it's like I'm grateful to be in the moment, and I'm grateful to make it through the things that we've made it through, and to be able to look back on my life as uh it was all a lesson you know like that that's the that's the true beauty of of living today yeah that threw me threw me for a loop like just thinking about like 50 years ago remembering hearing all the stories even um 35 years ago thinking about growing up and where we were to now how big the the infrastructure is at Fonalac, everything that uh, we have as a community, community centers in every one of our districts, schools, head starts, paved roads, paved roads, paved roads. Yeah, like I remember back when I was in high school in FDL, it was trailer houses. That's what it was. Bunch of little trailer houses snapped together, and um, it was all dirt roads. And now you can go anywhere on Fond du Lac and it's all paved roads, all nice community centers, all nice. And, and they take care of it very well. And, and it's, um, 
the the efficiency on on the reservation is really growing. I mean, right down to the new school, to the new culture center, to the new RBC, um, all the different things that that you know, like they're working on. And, and I've really, I'm amazed to see what comes next. What's what's next, you know? And and that's a, that's a good question. Like, what's next? And then, you know, going off, feeding off your point of hoping the language and culture is still here in 50 years. You know, one of the best things I've learned in language revitalization, and I heard this about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and anyone that works in language revitalization, anyone that's trying to save a, an indigenous language or a language, what you end up struggling with is feeling that weight of the of the language on your shoulders and this kind of helped me deal with when that weight was kind of getting heavy again because it gets heavy. once in a while you know it gets really heavy and you don't want to you don't know if you can keep pushing for, forward and working with the current workload that you have and knowing that there's still so much to document so many elders to talk to to work on your own language to keep it growing and I heard this quote a couple of um, months ago that's kind of, I've adopted this philosophy. It's helped me alleviate some of that weight of the language. And that's, we can be kind of like facilitators or pass on the language and, or, you know, hold the language for people that are going to revitalize the language we can't revitalize the language as second language speakers, as the people that are doing the work right now. It's going to be up to the people to revitalize the language. Yeah. It's up to the rest of the community to revitalize the language, make that important to us again, make that important to everybody. So thinking about that, you know, I understand a little bit more of the puzzle of how do integrate language into the community the community has to do the work for it to be brought back so i'm just like a conduit to get it there at this point i like that i like that it um it says that there's work to be done and it's going to take a community and a, the whole tribe to to work together and that's that unity you know that's that unity we we talk about about being out in the community is like all these events and all these things that we do, it, it, it's like it ain't one person doing it. It's it's people working together. And um, wanted to switch gears a little bit here. Um, I really wanted to put the awareness out about, about um, what Charlie and I do, like what we do as individuals. And, and we're always willing to bring new people into the, into the podcast room, right? And... Um, like uh, talk about some of your successes. If anybody out there has got any um, room for growth and, and is looking for people, it's like, um, you know, that's what the podcast is for is to put awareness and opportunities out there. So I'm um, calling out everybody that, that has any opportunities or any um, knowledge of, of any opportunities for people out there that are listening and, and that, um, you need help getting your business together or you need help just um, 
finding employees. It's like, that's what we want to do. That's what we, we want to be an advocate to be able to, to put that awareness out there and, and maybe even fill some spots with your businesses and stuff like that. And that, that was, um, my understanding of, of being able to be involved with the podcast is to be able to help resource for people and be able to help find, um, opportunities within our community within our own community of of uh and and figure out how we can grow a bigger and better more valuable successful community and and um give people knowledge and awareness of of their own abilities and if you're a native owned business or a native person that's starting something contractor consultant or even um just a humble person you don't if, if you're not native and you want to come on the podcast cool come on the podcast share share your business teach us about your business we want to learn and and if you struggling because native people in general uh, I'm speaking from being an Ojibwe person watching people do this day in day out they struggle with that humility like they're it's ingrained in Ojibwe people to not boast about what they do or how they succeed. But then you go into different communities like a recovery community that people are recovering and learning how to live a better way of life. So you learn, you adapt to share your story, to share where you're succeeding so others can succeed or share where you screwed up and where so save people from learning the hard way as we say in in our meetings so don't feel like you're uh, boasting about your business or boasting about what you're doing as a job or a consultant if you want to come on the podcast talk or talk about being a person talk about your business talk about all of it come on the podcast check, check it out and yes. we're always open to having a conversation Yep. Yep. And that's what it is, you know, is educating people, educating people about everything that's out there. And and that's any, any, there's a lot of things out there that people have no knowledge about. And, um, to be able to get those people to come in and, and do a podcast, sit down with us and, and share a laugh, share a conversation, share a, just share some time and space. And that's, you know, that's what we, well, that's what I value as a, as a Native American is always sharing time and space because that's what we have and that don't cost nothing, but we could get the most out of it. And, and that's what I, that's what I love about being Ojibwe is, is I offer my time, I offer my space. And if you're part of it, I'm grateful. I'm glad, glad to be able to, to enjoy a company. Oh, uh-huh. mean at you. All right. Uh, so here's the Ojibwe salutation. If if you guys didn't know this, one of the ways that we say we don't say goodbye in Ojibwe, and a lot of people don't say goodbye in their indigenous languages. In Ojibwe, we say "weweni sana, weweni sana, minobimadazin," is the entire phrase, but we cut it down. We say "weweni sana," and that means take care or Take care and live a good life is the full phrase. Or we say gigawabamin, and that's literally I'll be seeing you. And then or nagaj bama p, that's later on. So, wait, wait, it's not a ginawa. Gigawabamin.